so uh, appreciating the, the gathering together. So I'm grateful that you're all here, willing to show up and submit yourself to the Dharma talk. <laughs> when it might not feel like quite the cup of tea you fancy at the moment, but um, it's a chance for us to gather and perhaps just to share some teachings and uh, with the, the wish that there might be some benefit. Um, but also, to me, these gatherings are, you know, equally just an important time to gather uh, and feel the presence of others and that we are practicing together. Like sometimes probably doesn't feel like it. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, the Lone Ranger out there. Um, but we are, we are very much together. Um, so I appreciate, I appreciate that opportunity to come together and um, trust that again, as I was saying yesterday, for that sense of listening with that grounded, spacious sense where the words are really allowed to arise and pass. <laughs> and yeah, the sense of trusting whatever is is maybe helpful to to the heart mind will 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 touch will be heard will be you know will kind of go in and otherwise yeah not feeling the need that sort of that sense that we have to uh, get hold of I always have this image of a dog with a bone you know it's like oh I've got to take this bone away and like gnaw on it for hours not necessarily the case. <laughs> Um, but it could be a good bone, I hope. It could be a good tasty bone with some good... Yeah, I don't, anyway, we'll see. So this evening I'd like to share some reflections on a teaching that I, I seem to like revisiting. Um, and um, it is, as with all of the Buddha's teachings, it's one of so many examples of an offering of a teaching for us to reflect on, to practice with, and, yeah, in our own way, um, with the one aim, you know, that sense of the, Bu- the Buddha's compassionate purpose of, of wanting us to, to find and understand for ourselves the way of being, way of understanding, way of finding our way in the world which is conducive to the alleviation and the ending of suffering and stress. I just think of this is the great for me sort of central touchstone of uh, what we're what we're doing. Um, and uh, so with that in mind these practice practice of the uh, five daily recollections sometimes called I would suspect that most of you are familiar with these, perhaps very much part of your own practice, and perhaps not so much. Um, also called the five topics for frequent reflection. And so um, I'd like to share a form of them with you, and then probably as we go through at least one, one other formulation. 
And particularly with with this and as we go through the talk, an invitation to you to just notice the um, reactions or the different thoughts and feelings and emotions that, that maybe arise as we go through and different reflections and some teachings from others as well. And just again, that sense of sensitive to what maybe touches us, uh, either positively, negatively, or, you know, resistance, or somehow, yeah, something kind of touches us, opens, calls to us in some way. Or, yeah, as I, when I first met this teaching, which was actually here at the Forest Refuge, when I first came here in 2005, it was on the notice board. And I remember, or as 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 faulty as memory is at this point, it's a kind of memory. It's like an approximately sense of what happened when I when I read these. But I will read them to you first um, and see see how it how it lands for you right now. I am of the nature to grow old. I am of the nature to get ill. I am of the nature to die. All that is dear to me will change and vanish. I am the owner of my karma. So, just noticing, and uh, yeah, I, I remember standing at the notice board and something like, well, thank you very much, all right, what do I do with that? <laughs> or, you know, it's like, mm, welcome to the forest refuge, <laughs> you're going to die, thank you. I was like, hmm, and somehow, yeah, obviously there was not very much readiness in the heart, and subsequently there's a little more readiness to consider this, and uh yeah, it was interesting how I think I think what happened was I just walked away and didn't think about it anymore. <laughs> so even though it was probably on there all the time I was here. Um, so I have subsequently picked up these themes and studied them and practiced with them uh, somewhat sporadically. Um, and I... Um, I have found them really helpful. Um, yeah, so an, an, an image as I was reflecting uh, on this before, and then it came up again today. And I, I don't, I don't, uh, don't know the Bible very well, but this from the Hebrew Bible, maybe. I don't know if you know. There's a story somewhere in there, uh, or about somebody called Jacob wrestling wrestling with the angel until it blessed them <laughs> and I thought hmm I wonder that's yeah that reminds me of something <laughs> uh, Jacob well, perhaps each one of us in our own way at times wrestling with the angel 
until it blesses us. So perhaps with these particular themes, but also perhaps with with any difficulty that arises in practice that um, and in our life, you know, that sense of an angel. And then I started to th- reflect and think, now what is an angel? Well, obviously I don't know. So I don't think I've ever met one. But um, I, I suddenly thought, well, something like if I Sort of something like a heavenly messenger, and I went, "Oh, <laughs> we have those in the Buddhist tradition. They're heavenly messengers." So it seemed to me, I don't know, it felt to me like a nice sort of some kind of connection there of different traditions and maybe somewhat the same wisdom, the same message sometimes. And how um, you know, you probably as well know the story of the Buddha and the going forth. And as a young man, uh, Siddhartha Gautama, the story, I won't kind of tell it in too much detail, but you know, it's, to me it's a story of, of, of those moments of, of shock waking up to, to some reality, some aspect of life. You know, it comes out of this very, very protected sort of comfort zone and... Um, you know, actually sees, I mean, who knows if he'd actually seen it before, but really seeing, like, oh, someone who's really aged, an age, aged person, and turning to his companion and saying, and, you know, that's, wow, does that, that's going to happen to me? And then again with the, you know, with a very sick person, there's someone very, very sick, obviously, there. And, and the same shock of recognition, of seeing, and then, oh, hmm, you mean this is going to happen to me as well? And seeing a dead body of a person who died. And this shock and turning to his companion, this is going to happen to me. And says, yes, 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 sir, yes, it is. And perhaps we've all had, you know, these these heavenly messengers, um, maybe still, maybe mm, arriving, coming, that, those shocks, those those times when we seem to be kind of shocked out of our uh, default delusion state about these things, which seems to be very human, very human thing that some some seems pretty general for for a lot of us a lot of the time. And and, and so how for the young Siddhartha Gautama this then became the, the opening, the opening to, to the journey, the spiritual journey, and the fourth messenger being the, uh, the holy person, the, the wandering, uh, the gone forth person. And probably, you know, for each of us in different ways in our life, maybe, you know, one time, maybe several times, like we keep getting kind of called back onto the path of practice uh, by, by our encounters with suffering not necessarily just this kind. There's something about that where, where 
I can certainly see this in my own life and, and, and practice that again and again I'm asked to find ways of of um, opening to what is really hard to open to, you know, and strengthening that capacity and um, how uh, this is the maybe this is the wrestling with the angel until it blesses us and um, probably those lessons are going to keep coming (laughs) um, in different ways Um, and so maybe the question is that certainly I've explored in different ways at different times is how, how do these how do these teachings, how do these truths of our life, these sort of facts of our mortal life, particularly um, it's the first four, how do they become treasures? How do they become teachings? You know, um, Ajahn Lee uh, said, aging, illness and death are treasures for those who understand them. They're noble truths, noble treasures. If they were people... I'd bow down to their feet every day. So there's something there's something that's pointing to something that's been understood. Again, this this understanding that's that, that we're asked to bring to the this aspect of the first noble truth. Um, and how there's something more in that to open to us um, and so I want to maybe the rest of the talk sort of think of uh, explore some of the different ways we might connect with this teaching practice with this teaching as, as one way maybe just one way to support us in and strengthening our capacity to open to this uh, these uh, experiences this part of life um, in ways that actually allow them to be our teachers, that actually allow them to be places and opportunities for deepening in compassion and yeah and and wisdom. Hmm. So um I'd like to share with you um uh a little bit of a process I went through when I I came back to these after the uh, a very major loss of a person who I was very close to who died, and it really it was extremely difficult, extremely challenging, and I was kind of shocked in a way at sort of what I went through with that, and it it propelled me, you know, to this this one of the things it did was kind of bring me back to this teaching to 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 see if I could um, kind of start to weave that into my consciousness more in the hope that subsequent losses would be less devastating so it's had a very practical kind of motivation um, and so as is so often the case isn't it with our practice and I see that so much with people here all the time, with the creativity of the mind that takes these beautiful core teachings of different kinds and then, you know, sort of each of us finds our own way 
I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the forest refuge. Hopefully you feel supported and, and, and you know, finding your own way of uh, uh, mm, using or following the, you know, teachings and practices, but also then you have the space and support to to really find out how, how does that... <laughs> And how does that, uh, you know, really come home, you know, to this being? Because we're all a bit different, you know, it's that kind of sense of same and different, all somehow in the same predicament, but somehow differently constellated. Um, and perhaps things speak to us in different ways. And um, one of the ways I see difference is um, that some of us, and I would include myself in this category, it's like it has to, something has to be mm, translated into something that really touches the heart at some level. So it's sort of feel like on a feeling or felt sense or not necessarily emotional, but maybe the meaning, the meaning of it. And I, my sense is that for some people it's more, there can be more a sense of it's really a more pure sort of reflection and looking into the truth of something and that that can be the doorway into depth and understanding more. I think we probably both need, we'll need both, but I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, I do see that, that difference. Um, so maybe we need both and maybe one, like for me, that one I read to you, it felt a bit like being slapped around the face with a wet fish, you know. <laughs> Just like didn't work for me. However, it might really work for you, so I hope that's not an insult to in any way. Um, and I think I've I've grown more open to that. Sort of very yeah, it's kind of blunt, isn't it? It's like very okay, no messing, straight, get it, right. Um, I seem to need more <laughs> like help. <laughs> A little bit of, little bit of. Uh, anyway, so I came up. I I I laugh, I laugh because um, this this I made the, my version of this up when I was in the bath, and I think you know part of that was I was struggling. I spent weeks and weeks with this, trying to study it and find a way in and everything. And I was getting more and more frustrated, and got to that point where I was like okay, well, let me see, I'm in the bath, let me think about it and see what happens. And uh, somehow, this, it's some, something opened up and, it, and, and so I'll share with you what I came up with and if it, if, it, if it doesn't work for you, then if it might feel like a slap around the face with a wet fish, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like it's a little bit different, different temperaments. So. And I will put, put these both on the board if you wish to pick up that bone and gnaw on it a bit. So this is what I this is what I found in the bath. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body is aging. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body is vulnerable to illness. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body will die. 
Breathing gently, I lovingly remember that loss is part of life. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember to meet this moment with wisdom. So again, just just noticing how that, yeah, what resonates, what doesn't. Stephen Batchelor calls this a translation of thoughts into the language of feeling. Um, and so, uh, mm, so many, so many ways in which I think this is the again the creativity of mind, creativity of expression, of, of imagery that can sometimes speak feels like it, again, perhaps for some of us, it speaks the language of the heart. It's like the meaning in a more whole, holistic sense, maybe uh, contained or expressed in imagery uh, that can't quite be felt, communicated through more, you know, narrative, this, then that, then that, then that. But again, different minds. And I, I do think that can be different for different people. The Buddha, you know, the Buddha's use of both, at least as far as we can tell in the early suttas, you know, a mind that could be incredibly logical and, you know, cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect, bing, you know, right. And then he could also use these amazing similes, you know, it's like this, it's like that, to speak to different people's condition. So I wanted to share like an example, a beautiful example of a poem. Um, again, maybe sometimes I feel like just even the attempt to express something. And I see this sometimes in interviews, you know, in the one-to-ones of how just the, uh, the attempt to explain or express or the attempt to... Uh, articulate and you know sometimes it's you know that's not quite it and that's not what I meant and that's not quite what I'm experiencing but do you get what I mean and I say is it a bit like this is it a bit like yeah and then sometimes you you find together a sense of meaning and I think that um, we can have that relationship with poetry the way it can teach us um, both in the well I'm sure in the poet expressing and exploring something and then for us in the hearing perhaps sometimes so I'd like to share this one poem short poem by Alice Walker looking down into my father's dead face for the last time my mother said without tears without smiles without regrets but with civility. Good night, Willie Lee. I'll see you in the morning. And it was then that I knew that the healing of all our wounds is forgiveness that permits a promise of our return at the end.
So again, in the pause, uh, just invitation, if you wish, just to just to notice how what's yeah what's happening in the body and the mind. Really all is welcome. So, um, so another another part of this, I just yeah, I'd like to open up a little bit more, sharing another teaching, and is this quality which I I've experienced I, I, of where somehow when I when I practice with this and I. I kind of tune in, I feel there's some part of the mind, the heart, there's some kind of effect, sometimes more than other times, where there's a kind of, sort of something relaxes, something eases, something kind of lets go a bit, at that something about the relief of, of a little bit of letting go of the resistance of, 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 oh, it's, it's true, it's, and something, something about something about in har- harmonizing with that or in aligning with that truth is actually. It's like a mind likes it. We don't like it. It's not, it's not about liking those realities, but something about feeling how the mind is actually it's, it's a relief for it to be kind of given like oh okay something to. But for us to perhaps, yeah, explore for ourselves, and I wanted to share with you this teaching. I just this week I was finding, so I was rummaging, is rummaging around, and I wanted to share this with you because it's a very different style than me, than mine. <laughs> Thought it would be good to put it in the mix, and it's to me it has this wonderful kind of like the sword of wisdom sort of quality. Um, from the great teacher Ayakima. Uh, so, I want to share with you her version of the, th- the first three of the of the recollections, and then her invitation to reflect. So she says, and she asks, she said, she on the, listening to this talk, and she said, repeat after me. I'm not going to ask you to do that, but if you want to, you can repeat it silently in your mind. Try this one out for size. I, I can't. Anyway, with great uh, gratitude to her. I am of the nature to decay. I have not got beyond decay. And she goes on look at that and see whether it's a true statement. And if you think it's true, a true statement, have you actually noticed it in yourself? And if you have noticed it, what kind of reactions have you had? One of dislike, rejection, trying to forget it, trying to counteract it, thinking that it is something that is unpleasant? Or have you seen it as the underlying truth of everything 
that has life. Second one, I am of the nature to be diseased. I have not got beyond disease. Again, it's necessary to inquire if this is a true statement. Have we had disease, unpleasantness in the body, major or minor? Is it with us now? Can we expect it again? And if so, what does that tell us about our presumed ownership of this body? And the third one. I am of the nature to die. I have not got beyond death. Here, she says, we don't have to inquire if this is true, but we do need to inquire whether we take it into consideration in daily living and whether we are ready for it. And if not, Why not? So, noticing (laughs) how the different effects I also, I don't know if you, I was talking with, you know, this topic comes up every week, but it's come up this week again as well, and how like, I was talking with somebody about being outside, and perhaps especially in the winter, and noticing how the, you know, there's the aging body and the aging tree, not so dissimilar. And how... Um, Perhaps when we, one of the great gifts in this recollection and this opening to this truth of our, of our mortal predicament, perhaps part of that is this sense of being able to be more uh, part of nature. You know, this sort of way of maybe kind of more sense of belonging to these natural processes of of life of nature of death of decay that it's something i i sometimes can feel like a real joy in that somehow like a real kinship 
with with nature, with the leaves and the earth and the and the sense of the body. This body will eventually be somehow part of that. It's like, I find that really um, very very lovely reflection. And um, so I wanted to share with you a short poem by Wendell Berry, which I think points to this possibility for us. It's one of the gifts of these reflections, perhaps. The law that marries all things. The cloud is free, only to go with the wind. The rain is free, only in falling. The water is free, only in its gathering together, in its downward courses, in its rising into the air. In law is rest. If you love the law, if you enter singing into it as water in its descent. So, um, clearly with this as a reflection, as a practice and those, those events that come to us in our life with our own, with our own frailty, the frailty of others and this sense of an emotional, the emotional territory we have to cross that can be pretty intense sometimes and how our uh, Again, potentially freeing that is, um, and finding the mm, finding the support to be able to do that. And there is a book by Larry Rosenberg. It's in the library, I think, called "Living in the Light of Death," which is a very helpful book if you want to check it out. And what he he. Uh, what he he points to this um, that the way that this practice can help to what he calls flushing out fear or flush out fear that actually then we can um, work with. So he says um, this practice flushes out fear. So see that it is impermanent and not self. Confidence comes from seeing that fear is workable. Yeah. This can be hugely freeing. We need to work with our resistance to fear. Yeah, so... Mm. So many, many gifts as you, I'm sure you all well know from time when, you know, maybe when we've all encountered these, these angels, these, these heavenly messengers and found um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the gifts can be a sense of connection with others, the fact that all of us are in this same 
predicament that we all share this. I feel like sometimes in conversation or in reflection, just that sense of the um, sense of it being a shared experience to some degree, some ways, is really can be can can bring such a such a powerful sense of of connection. Um, I was remembering a time when um, my yeah my foster mum was very old and she fell and broke her hip and she was in the hospital and I can remember sitting spending a lot of time sort of you know sitting with her and and then at times and and how how difficult it was you know that that all those senses of I don't know wishing it were otherwise and wishing I could make her more comfortable and all those things and and then going down and spending some time in the hospital canteen and just sitting there within this huge hospital with hundreds, probably thousands of people. And I remember, again, memory not very acute at this point, but this experience of somehow just opening to the enormity of it and the sort of all-inclusiveness of it. Somehow all of these people in this hospital is just this... And somehow the mind just, it couldn't deal with it, couldn't fix it, couldn't even, you know, can't comprehend it. And somehow it's like it felt like the mind, the heart just opened and there was just this huge sort of overpowering sense of compassion for for everybody. And maybe you've had moments like that where there's some sense of sort of falling into the heart which is actually has that sort of capacity to to um, to hold these hold hold these experiences in a way that the mind the thinking mind has no chance of doing. And maybe you know the many many gifts of the way that yeah again our priorities our sense of somehow a sharpened sense of what really matters in life and what we really care about, we want, you know, that, that this is often spoken about in the teachings, isn't it, of, of rousing a sense of urgency or deepening our commitment to our practice. And maybe finally, this sense of, this sense of immediacy like, uh, I think, it, I'm not sure, I think it was again Stephen Batchelor, or maybe he got it from somewhere else, or, that this truth that we, that since the, um, since death is inevitable, but the time of our death we don't know, then what shall I do now? Yeah, it really could be any time, couldn't it? We kind of know that intellectually the idea but what if that was really if we we could allow that to deepen our sense of presence here now this is really all there is and what kind of what kind of what might we discover what might we let go if we really if we really let that reality in it's just a kind of that's another possibility something we can 
sort of a great gift in these in these kinds of reflections. So in that regard, I'd like to share again a, a, a little meditation from Ajahn Suchito. What if death is now? What's here? Feeling, sensations, engagement with that. Is anything being left out? Welcome home aspects of yourself you're fed up with. The pushy, the frightened, the critical. Stop fighting your own shadows and creating more. The people we carry around in our heart are not here now. The issue now is releasing yourself from the karma of feeling disappointed, annoyed, abandoned. Welcome it all home to the place of no future, no progress. It's time to lay down the struggle. So um, perhaps just closing by just a sense of appreciation again for our being together here, for each of you, for your practice, for your courage, for your creativity, for your good-heartedness, and for your willingness to open to what is true for your own benefit and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. Thank you for your attention and let's uh, close our evening together by chanting the reflection on the sharing of blessings.